The first scripture lesson today is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 11 through 13, found on page 687 in your pew Bible. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, find me, if you seek me with all your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Our second scripture lesson comes from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. You can find it on page 189 in your pew Bible. As you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. What I'd like to do with these few moments is to thank you, thank First Presbyterian Church, for all the lessons that I've learned and the experiences that I've had, and to share how blessed and happy these past years have been for me as an involved member, as well as encourage the experiences and warmth that I've received to be continued and shared with all the younger people that come here. This has not only helped me grow in my faith, but it helped me establish any sense of faith to begin with, before coming to First Presbyterian Church, I had a child's perspective on what it is to be Christian. I believed what adults told me about faith and Jesus, as children do, and never really considered what it is to believe and trust in God. In eighth grade, I became involved in FPC's confirmation class. This was a cardinal moment in my faith journey. The welcome and grace that I immediately received was amazing to me. I'd never been accepted into a group that quickly. This was the first time that hearing about God in the Bible made me excited to have learned to my everyday life. Within the few, first few weeks or so of confirmation, I was asked why my family and I were not yet members of the church. I was shocked. We were so welcomed and involved so quickly that I thought we were already members. We became members next week. Um, this church has been such an amazing, caring, steady environment throughout the years. The group, youth group in particular has greatly attributed to my happiness and my faith in God. Going to Sunday school, Sunday night youth group, mission trips, service projects, retreats, and high school core 912 have all been high points throughout my school years. In 2011, a group of the high schoolers participated in the Appalachian Service Project, helping on home building projects around the mountains. The project was the first time that I really got a true sense of how lucky I am to be surrounded with so many blessings. A few years later, I had my first exposure to an immense teen faith at Montreat. The passion that filled the retreat reminded me of our youth group Amplified, and it was this passion and devotion to God that led all few hundred teenagers to line up at the church doors every morning chanting church over and over again. I hope that First Presbyterian will continue these trips and organizing these groups for the children and teens here. Although I will be leaving Richmond next year, I know that God's love will carry me onto a happy and fulfilling path. And I know that I will always be loved by God and by this church. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you. 
plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a future. I plan to seek out groups that remind me of the community I know here at First Presbyterian Church and would continue practicing all the values and teachings that I've learned. Thank you. So this is a Protestant church, but I have to start with a confession. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I like to be in control and know what I'm doing at any and all times. And that tends to be contrary to faith, which is so often letting go and trusting in the will of God. And trust me, I would never have been able to reconcile those two things, or at least begin to reconcile them, without all of the love and help provided to me by the Presbyterian Church and the people sitting here today. I'm so grateful for so many people here to whom I owe so much that I don't actually know where to start. When I was in fifth grade, I was the only kid who came to Sunday school the entire year with the exception of Clark Lewis here. I think he came two or three times. It was nice to have his company. <laughs> My teachers still planned the lessons, though, uh, and discussed Bible stories with me, and I still remember much of Solomon's adventures because of it. So thank you, Cynthia Haw. That year was one of my most memorable. Thanks to my confirmation group, my teachers, Ellen Walk and Debbie Wilkinson, and my confirmation twin for life, Mary Payton. Disappeared somewhere. Uh, for all the meaningful discussion, which is my favorite method of understanding faith, and thanks for the complimentary sweet frog yogurt as well. Uh, thanks to Chris and our youth interns, Allison and Ben, for all those times after Wednesday night dinners when I'd approach them with the hard questions, because I'm sure they thought I was crazy or that they knew the answers, took a lifetime to figure out, but they tried answering me anyway. At one point, I sent Chris a list of 20 questions over Facebook and she responded, Cameron, I think a book might be more helpful. Uh, and speaking of Chris, thank you for reminding me constantly that my church family is always here for me. Most of all, thank you to my parents for taking me to church on Sundays growing up. Even when I'd design houses and airport hangers on my bulletin instead of listening, the practice and the core belief of attending church stuck with me, and the love, patience, and understanding I've learned here have become something I truly can't live without. I have to be honest, I've sometimes been an inconsistent member of the community, Sometimes I have to explore faith on my own for a few months, digesting questions while, of course, sending Chris or Allison a couple questions over Facebook. But when I come back, and I always do, it's always to a community who seems genuinely glad to see me, to help me, to love me. I've always heard the phrase church family, but I never understood it until now. It means unconditional love and support, which is what I've found here. Regardless of my faith itself, I've always been proud to be a Presbyterian because it means more than a doctrine. It means a community that accepts others without question while allowing people to question God, which, if anything, is what I believe God's intent for the church to be. And it's also helped me to curb my perfectionism to be around so many chill Presbyterian people. <laughs> so thank you very much, whether I've named you or not. Just looking around here, I notice a few faces that I couldn't pick out specific memories for, but I'm grateful for nonetheless. I don't know where my faith journey will take me, but I'll never be far away in spirit, and I'll be grateful for the family that I have found here. Good morning. You know, it feels really strange being up here this morning 
to talk to you all about my experience and my faith journey through this church. One of the uh, first times I made an appearance in the sanctuary, I was wearing this. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't remember any of it. I remember being a little kid and sitting in those pews somewhere over there. I always sat on the left. I'm not sure why. but um, And I would look up and I'd see seniors giving talks year after year. Some of you people sitting right here today always said, that will be you one day before you know it. And next thing you know, you'll be up there standing up front telling your story. I always said, well, that's never going to happen. So you were right and I was wrong and here I am. Well, I suppose I'll get started with the trip down memory lane. I regularly attend school, despite what Cameron said. <laughs> Choir, children's church. My parents still talk about how relieved they were when I finally went out that side door each Sunday with all the other kids to children's church. I overheard them say, we are glad we made it through another service without Clark shouting out something inappropriate during children's time up front with the minister. <laughs> Those were good times. We listened to stories made arts and crafts, watched videos, got free food, always a positive. I was spending time in fellowship with kids my age and with God, and I didn't even know it. I met so many of the people up here with me today in these early years, and we've been friends since. It was awesome. One of the things that wasn't so awesome was that I had a very short attention span back then. When I was eight, going to church felt like such a drag and I could never sit still. I remember sitting between my parents and asking them every 20 seconds if church was almost over or if I could go to the bathroom just so I could break away for a little bit. I was in fellowship with God and all of you, and I didn't even know it. Now further down along memory lane, we go to middle school and the discovery of youth group. We come to this place where everyone hangs out on a Sunday night. We procrastinate about homework just a bit longer, and we study the Bible with kids in middle and upper school. My first year in youth group was interesting. As a sixth grader, I didn't know many of the older kids at all. However, I remember being welcomed in with open arms, not just by the kids, but by the youth leader at the time, Jonathan Lewis. There was also a youth intern with us, Eric Spoon, and his soon-to-be wife, Melanie. After Jonathan left, Spoon took over in the interim when we were looking for a youth pastor. Those were fun times in middle school, the lock-ins, the pool parties, and the regular gatherings. I was in fellowship with God and my friends, and I think I began to realize it. My first memories of the legendary Chris Mooney are hilarious and have defined Chris perfectly in my mind. One Sunday morning, I heard that the new youth pastor was downstairs, so I rushed in to meet him. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm quoting this directly, but Chris walked up to me and he said, Hi, I'm Christopher Mooney, and I can stick a noodle up my nose and pull it out of my mouth. <laughs> my responding like, I'm Clark and I can't do that. That's how I met Chris. Moving down memory lane now towards confirmation. We studied together, had lots of fun, and spent time together in a group. I hung out with people my own age together, and we became full-fledged members of the church. We square danced, we went to paintball, and we played grog. That summer, I went on my first trip to Montreat. Montreat is one of the most unforgettable places I've ever been. I met some of my best friends with whom I still talk today. I could spend hours talking about how cool it was and all the things we did and all the unforgettable moments, but I have a few minutes at best to wrap up. I was in fellowship with God and my friends, and I was really beginning to realize it. 
The rest of high school was a blur of coming to church, meeting people young and old, becoming the youth deacon, and cementing my place in the family that is our youth group. I went to do service missions with many of you at places like Boaz and Ruth and on the Walk for Water. I went to Bluefields, Nicaragua to help the, their community. I had every role in the Christmas pageant from the littlest angel all the way up to Joseph. I went back to Montreat, and it seems like it was just getting started, and now I'm saying goodbye. It's funny to think about how fast these fast... It's funny to think about how fast these past years have gone. If I had to give any advice to the kids in the pews today, it would be to enjoy your time here, meet friends, make memories, and enjoy the little things. When you reach the place where I am right now, you'll look back on this church, this youth group, Sunday school, choir, confirmation, Montreat, a service trip to somewhere, getting involved and just hanging out with your friends, and I promise you'll say that was the best thing that has ever happened to me. I know it has been for me. I'm in fellowship with God and with all of you, my friends, my teachers, my mentors, my family of faith. Matthew 18, 20 says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. That is what's been happening all along. So now, whenever a new baby is being baptized, I listen carefully. I especially listen to the part where the congregation, my family of faith, agrees to ed educate, love, support, and nurture the baby being baptized. You all said those same words for me when I was wearing this. And I thank you. Good morning, everyone. I've, it's really hard for me to be up here looking back on all the years thinking, wow, one day I will be that girl giving her senior speech. And now it's me. It feels a bit strange to be up here asked to share my faith journey with everyone, um, only because I feel like I'm still learning about it myself. I mean, I don't really know what I could have to offer to everyone. I feel like I could use some pearls of wisdom from you all. But finally, after hours of thinking, I tied together what I think might be the most important step in my faith journey, no matter how small it is. Throughout my life, um, I feel as though I've been searching for signs, signs telling me what to do, what decisions to make, what passions to follow, a sign from God, essentially. I felt like no matter how hard I tried to build my relationship with God, there was always something keeping me. And this really bothered me for a while. And of course, things like Montreat, going to Nicaragua, these amazing experiences, they really helped me. But what I found was that those rare times when I felt truly close to God happened when I was around music. I found God where I found my passion. And it may seem simple to everyone in the sanctuary who's already figured this out, but it was a real revelation for me. I suddenly stopped looking for God in solely scriptures and traditional forms of prayer, and I really opened my eyes, and I understood that God could come to me through anything whether it be in landing on a perfectly in-tune note or listening to my favorite recording of Ave Maria. It really is any moment that can bring me closer to God through music. In fact, this is where words kind of fail me. I feel like I could get up here and play my violin as a speech, and that would be a lot more effective. But in all seriousness, I do owe it to Miss Real for giving me opportunities to play in church for Chris for allowing me to bring my violin to Nicaragua. Maybe not the best idea, but it worked. And all my friends here for encouraging me and supporting me. Without them, without everyone, 
I would have taken a lot longer to realize that prayer doesn't have to be just sitting with your eyes closed, thinking about God. Prayer can be coming closer to God through small and meaningful moments full of doing what you love. Over my years playing here, I've received so many gracious compliments that really do inspire me. And one of the most meaningful compliments came from Miss Kathy Harris. And I forget which piece I had played, but once I was done, she told me, Libby, you just embodied the Holy Spirit. This really stuck with me. After all, I've heard from people, oh, you play well, or that was wonderful. But embodying the Holy Spirit, that's really what matters to me. That's all I could ever ask for. And now, no matter where I may end up next year, I do now have the confidence to faithfully bring my passion with me, and I will never stop making music. Thank you.